0: Namaste, jai shivai. Let's talk about uh, subtle. uh, Subtle subjects or subtle objects. That people, those who are in the one-pointedness or people, those who are in the samadhis, how the... Sub object of subtlety keeps on changing. How the subtleness keeps on changing and what could be subtle and then subtler and then subtler and then subtler and finally where does it ends? Where does all that ends? You need to understand that part. So Patanjali explains that you know for example subtlety first of all to understand is a relative word. Right? So first thing is to understand the subtlety in itself. What do you mean by Sukshm? Or subtle. Sukshm is a Sanskrit word for subtle. Subtle is a rough translation of it. It's not a complete translation of it because I'll explain in a minute what is mean what is meant by when we say sukshm. And what exactly, how far the English word subtle goes, actually. It's a very confusing word. If you read the definition of it in English dictionary as per English dictionary, then you will realize that there is nothing subtle about it. (laughs) It is still meant for the gross world, okay, material world. Subtle is not, English word subtle is not meant for the... Something that is within you, something that is spiritual in nature, something that is non-material in nature. So it's better we keep the word sukshm as is instead of using the translated word subtle because if you go by the mean English meaning of subtle word, then you will be confused forever. Then you will not understand the concept but because it'll limit you. Right? It will limit you. Any language, words, uh, shabda will limit your understanding because english language does not have a word actual word for the sanskrit word sukshma okay so let's use the word sukshma here instead of using the word subtle but i still gave you the rough english translation so you understand but it's not a complete translation it's not going to give you the complete understanding of the Concept sukshma. So, you know, when we are having samadhi, dhyana, samadhi or when whenever somebody is doing uh, one-pointedness and they are doing dharana on something, the subject that we are using for dharana, the subjects or the objects that are there uh, in the dhyana, they become subtle and subtle and subtle and subtle. Now, subtle or sukshm is a relative word. One thing could be subtler or even more sukshma in comparison to the other. How? Let's see. You all have seen a watermelon, right? But an orange is subtler than the watermelon. A lemon could be subtler than the orange in comparison. A chickpea is even subtler than the lemon. Mustard seed is even subtler than the chickpea. And you can go down all the way to molecule and atom and electron and proton and you can take subtlety subtlety all the way towards that. So, the idea here is to understand what is sukshm. Is first thing two types of sukshm are there or in two ways something could be sukshm, subtle. First way is size. Reducing something in the size is. (coughs) Reducing something in the size is the way to say something is subtler than the other. This is one way of reducing the size. Now, when we say, when we think about uh, things, then I just gave you an example of watermelon, then orange and then lemon and then chickpea and then uh, mustard seed, right? There we are going from the gross to the subtle, to the subtle, to the subtle and subtler. But there is one more way because if you go by just this understanding of subtle then you will make one major mistake and that major mistake that often people make (laughs) ask them how is atma or soul right atma or soul is subtler in comparison to this physical body Or whatever your complete physical existence that you have. Atma is subtler than that. So are we saying Atma is just like something teeny tiny? Atma is just like an Anu. Anu means molecule. Because that is what the last... uh, At that time that is what the smallest thing was. But today you can go all the way to quanta. Right? So... Is subtlety just measured by the size of objects in a relative manner? So this is what makes people confused that when we say we have Atma within, then obviously if Atma is subtler in this context by reduction of size concept, then that means Atma is something very teeny tiny and it lives somewhere in this existence. Right? This is not the right understanding. This is not the... And then when we say, but Paramatma is even sukshma than the Atma. Divine is even subtler than the Atma. Then that means Paramatma is even smaller (laughs) in size than the Atma. So this is not the right understanding of something subtle this is not the complete understanding of sukshma when you are trying to understand a spiritual concept spiritual terms so then what is the other way what is the other way of understanding sukshma so see subtle According to Vedic definitions, Sanskrit sukshm words definition, something that has the ability to get inside another is considered as sukshm. Something that can pervade the other is sukshm, then that object which it is pervading or subject which it is pervading. You see this glass here? Light is coming inside from this glass. From this glass. So, light is able to penetrate within the glass and is crossing the glass all the way. So, light is subtler than the glass. Light can also, Prakash, light can also pervade the air. Why you? So light or prakash is subtler than the vayu or air. Vayu means air here. Right? Light can travel all the way from space without any atmosphere in the space. And even when it hits the atmosphere, when it is trying to come to the earth, it hits the atmosphere, it can pervade it, it can cross it. so light is subtler than the air similarly if you see water water has the ability to pervade what water can pervade you can have you can have a cloth soaked with water right you can have a paper soaked with water so you see how water pervaded Prithvi. Jal. So first thing was something that pervades the Prithvi. The earth factor. Prakash. Light can pervade the earth factor. And then Jal. Jal means water. Water, water can pervade all these things. Water can pervade anything that is earth or made up of earth. Paper is made up of, of what? Wood. Wood is made up of what? Earth. Cloth is made up, thread is made up of what? Something from the trees, right? And trees are made up of what? From earth, using the same five things. So water can pervade anything or can enter into anything that is made up from earth. That is why even roots and everything, water goes within the earth very easily because water water is much more suksh or subtle than earth then let's say fire fire is even subtler than water fire can pervade fire creates heat right so fire can pervade what You can heat up an iron rod. Water cannot penetrate inside so easily. Such a quick manner. Water cannot pervade inside iron rod. But heat can. Right? Heat can pervade inside the water. Sorry, iron rod or any hard elements. Water is even subtler than that. So this is another way of understanding. This is the spiritual way of understanding what is subtlety, what is sukshamta, subtlety. So exactly in the same way, atma pervades our existence, is subtle than in our existence and is sukshma than our physical existence not in size but the ability of our atma to experience the life through chitta through chitta vrittis experience the life through senses physical body senses uh, five senses that we have through our buddhi when we are making decisions Through our viveka when we are using the power of discernment. So atma is able to pervade our entire existence. In that manner atma is sukshm than the physical existence that we have. The subtler the sukshm anything is in comparison to that which it is pervading more powerful it is. Heat heat is way more powerful than heat or fire is way more powerful than the iron rod because it will melt the iron rod ultimately. Water will create tsunamis, will create tides, will create, will move the earth like anything because it can pervade earth. So, in that way, it's much more sukshma So, you need to understand that in this manner, that which is much more sukshma much more subtle, is much more powerful. Okay? Now, that which can pervade Atma is nothing else but Paramatma. Paramatma is not going to pervade this existence that you have, physical existence that you have. What you see is not what Paramatma is. Paramatma is the first thing that happens. Who meets in you with Paramatma? You as an Atma only can pervade, can be pervaded by Paramatma. So Paramatma is even Sukshma and that is the reason we say Paramatma or the divine is omnipresent. If you look from the earth's standpoint, then you understand that water is omnipresent in the earth. It lives in the form of water, it lives in the form of sky. In the sky as in the form of cloud. It lives in the form of moisture in the air. It lives in the form of, I don't know how many, rain, as hail, as snow, as ice. So if you look from the planet's standpoint, it seems like water is omnipresent. Exactly in the same way. When you look from the soul's standpoint, Atma's standpoint, not not just the Atma inside human beings or the Atma of human beings. Instead the Atma of any living being and plants. Any living being has Atma, every living being has Atma. Whether they are a mosquito or um, some uh, insect or butterfly or eagle or birds or whatever and anything in the plant kingdom everything has atma in it that atma is pervaded by Paramatma. so in that manner that is sukshma right this is the definition true definition of omnipresent you may have a really really nicely wet cloth and you and it can be said that Cloth right now is completely present in that piece. Uh, sorry, water is completely present in that piece of cloth. Every minute section of, or the cross section of that thread, of all the threads in that cloth are wet or moisture soaked. Because water is everywhere or present everywhere. So, understanding sukshmta. Subtility has to come to this level. It's not just about reduction in size. If you go by the logic of reduction in size, then what will you understand? You will only understand that, okay, that means Paramatma is just even even tiny, teeny, tinier than Atma. And then Atma is even tinier and teen, teeny, tiny, mini something inside you, inside this physical existence. No, subtlety does not mean reduction in size here. So this is one thing to understand about subtlety. Now let's talk about subtle subjects. So when somebody is having Dhyana, they go deeper and deeper in Dhyana. So the subjects of Dhyana starts changing. At first they see that there are many. What is many? Things made up of five elements are many. Many right five elements earth water fire air space or ether akasha so just using these five elements you see that this whole creation is made up of may it be the element directly like earth or may it be the plants may it be our body or some other being's body everything in this creation is made up of five elements right then if you go beyond this five elements then what you will go so these are these are also called as panchabhutas. these elements are called as panch Bhutas. then you move towards panch mahabhutas then you move towards tanmatras so panch Bhutas are subtle but Panch Mahabhutas are subtler. Then Tanmatras are subtler than Panch Bhutas or Panch Mahabhutas. In other words we can say what gives rise or what is the causal factor for Panch Bhutas to exist then we can say there must be something subtle to give rise to these five elements. Right? There must be something that give gives rise to the element of earth. That mu- There must be something subtler, suksh, that gives rise to the element of water, fire, air, space or ether. Right? And so on. What is that subtler thing? So we can say, that Prithvi or Artha actually is nothing but Gandh-Tanmatra. Gandh-Tanmatra Gandh-Tanmatra manifests itself as a nose, as a power to smell in you. So power to smell This is a very rough way I am explaining you the Tanmatra. Sometime when we will discuss Sankhya philosophy in detail, we will talk about these things. For now, let's just stick to the subtlety of the subjects. So subtlety of the subjects is being studied from the point of view that it's not a reduction in size. There are two more things to consider. One is how much it has the power to pervade. The other's existence. It's subtler in that manner. And also we are trying to see which what is the cause, causal factor for the existence of the another. Right? So, causal factor of the tree to exist is its seed. If it's an apple tree, then apple tree, apple seed is the cause. What was the cause of apple seed to come into existence in its place? Those are the five elements. Five elements are earth, water, fire, space, air. These these are the five elements. What is the causal factor for these five elements to exist? That is called as Tanmatra. Now Tanmatra, first the earth, existence of earth is because of the Gandh Tanmatra, power of smell, Tanmatra. Right now, it may feel like it's just a theory. But when you start moving into the dhyana, into the deeper states of dhyana, then you start seeing the cause of everything. Why everything has happened. So, you reach this... this, And this is something that happens automatically. It's not an intentional thing in you. So, you, you are actually dissolving your own existence through dhyana, through samadhi. You are dissolving your existence. So while you are dissolving it, from many, you keep on going to the causal and causal and causal and causal until it's fully gone. You realize, okay, this is the seed and I can't go far further than that. So earth element, prithvi, the tanmatra for it is gandh, power of a smell. Gel is for Ras, gel or water. Causal cause for water is the Ras. What is Ras in you? Feelings, emotions. <laughs> that is the water factor in you. Because, and the cause for it is Rastanmatra. Next one is Agni. Agni gives roop. Agni changes. Agni, fire changes the shape and form of anything and everything. It's fire which gives rise to roop in you. Prakash, fire can also be seen as light, as Prakash. If there is no light, you cannot see the form of anything. Right? So it's your power of seeing is connected to that. So, every if you have no eyes, it's very hard to come up with a form of definite form of any object whatsoever. This is Agni. This is the Tanmatra for it is Rupa. Shape, form. Rupa means shape, form. Then Vayu. Vayu is air. And the cause for the air is Sparsh Tanmatra. Feel. Touch. Sparsh means touch. So that becomes another subject that it's made up of this. And finally, what is Akasha? Space, ether is nothing but Shabda. Tanmatra for space or ether or Akasha in you is Shabda. Word, sound. Ears. Is sound he when you hear the sound? Throat is when you create the sound, right? So these are the. So when you start with in dhyana, Dhyana happens, deep samadhis start happening, especially the savikalpa samadhi, first two stages of savikalpa samadhi, where something becomes a vikalpa. There is a subject of vichara, there is a subject in your vikalpa. What are those subjects? What are the subjects? What, is, what are you doing? What is happening in dhyana? What is happening to you in samadhi? These elements cause by cause by cause are being dissected. During dhyana and during samadhi. Now what is the cause of all these five tanmatras in you? The cause, all five, the cause, the reason due to which these five exists is hankara Is ahankara? Ahankar means it includes your ego. ahem as well as all the identities that you can come up with that are tied to your ego. Ahankara includes ego, identities, your intellect means buddhi, your viveka means your power of discernment. Ahankar includes all of this. This ahankar is the reason For these five Tanmatras to exist. And these five Tanmatras are existing. Because of the five elements. Five Bhutas. Panch Bhutas. Five means Panch. Bhutas means elements. So this see you see how. You are coming going back and back and back and back and back. Now what is. So in other words we can say. These something that is even subtler. In us, then these five elements is our own hankara, is our ego, all identities, buddhi, viveka. All these are subtler than these five tanmatras that we have got. Now, what is subtler and yet more powerful than hankara? Your hankar. if you become egoistic, I am not going to taste this food or if you are in your hey, in your nonsense of your mind and you decide that no matter how good somebody is cooking, I will still say it is the bad food. I am not going to like the food because I am in an ugly mood. <laughs> so then, yes, you will not taste the food desp. So that means your ahankara, your identities are way much more powerful and can actually direct your senses in one way or the other, right? A lot of time people are listening, people are just hearing something over and over again. They are not really listening, they are not understanding, because their ahankara is prohibiting them to do so. Because ahankara is way more powerful than all your five senses. A person may be looking at a very beautiful sunset, but he is lost in his thought. That Ahankara is creating. So Ahankara is much more suksh, subtle, yet very much powerful than all these five senses. Even Buddhi can be clouded, <laughs> polluted because of Ahankara. Buddhi might be telling you, you must be doing this and this is the right thing to do. But no, that will hurt my ego, I will not do it. <laughs> So you don't do it. Now what is finally even much more subtler than ahankara It's called as Linga or Mahat. Mahat is the first manifestation that happens from Prakriti. Prakriti is a combination in equilibrium, it's a combination of three gunas, sattva, rajas and tamas. When these three gunas stay in equilibrium, then what do we say? No manifestation happens, then it's called as Prakriti. Then what is the first unequilibrium that happens? And when it happens, from unmanifest, what comes into existence? What becomes manifest? That first thing is Mahat. People call it as cosmic intelligence as well. Or the intelligence of creation. And if you have to make a shape, if you want to see in what shape that it is being manifested, what's the shape of it? What's the rupa of it? Then it is in the form of Linga. You have seen many Shiv Lingas around. Right? So Linga is the first form of creation. When Prakriti becomes manifest from unmanifest, it first appears in the form of a Linga. And it's called as either Linga or Mahat. And that is why, because Linga has come in the form of energy, cosmic intelligence energy, which is going to create everything out of it. Which is the first manifestation. So that is why, and it has characteristics to it. Characteristics like, it has a shape, it has a sound of its own. It contains everything that you can ever imagine. It's like saying that in a stone, a sculpture, a sculptor would see the statue or that jewellery, design of jewellery or a piece of jewellery is already hidden in the gold, if it's a gold jewellery. So exactly the same way, everything exists in the Mahat cosmic intelligence universal cosmic intelligence of creation it's the first form of manifestation and that is why it is also called as in sanskrit when we say first form of manifestation or first manifestation then we have to say it's the first vyakta because prakriti in itself is a vyakta unmanifestate manifestation prakriti is a unmanifestation prakriti is also called as alinga that which hasn't come into the form of creation from mahat ahankara takes place from mahat from ahankara then all the five senses takes place from five senses for five tarmatras five elements take place from five elements this body happens this body then also has a seed of Tanmatras and everything. And it becomes a whole play. So that means in Dhyana or in deep states of Savikalpa Samadhi we are dissecting. This dissection is going on because these are the subjects. These are the subtle subjects of our Dhyana. Deep Dhyana and Savikalpa Samadhi. Finally one reaches in the final state of uh, Samadhi. In the second state. Vichara state. When Vichara state gets over, actually Savikalpa uh, Samadhi is over, then you know what happens? We have a Sakshatkar of Prakriti. We finally come to the point where we realize that it's nothing. Everything has ended when it comes to creation. We have reached the core, the seed of creation which is Prakriti. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas, Guna. Only when you have understood the, understand, understood the creation in its most last causal factor, then you it's called as direct experience of creation, from where the creation starts. And when you are done dealing with creation, then you become Atma. So the last asmita level of samadhi savikalpa samadhi the end of that savikalpa samadhi is nothing but the direct perception as atma you as an atma so atma sakshatkar happens atma Bodh happens and from there on you jump into the nirvikalpa samadhi because now you are atma only atma can meet Parmatma. only atma will understand the pervasion of omnipresence. Of Paramatma. This body will not understand. Ahankara will not understand. Your buddhi will not understand. Will not feel it. Will not have a direct, I don't know what to call it, direct feeling, direct perception of it. Only Atma will know it. So from there, Nirvikalpa starts. So you see how the, you may be thinking that when they are in Samadhi, in the vichara state, what is it that vichara about? Vichara means. Thinking, thought, analysis, what are we analysing in that Samadhi? <laughs> so you see, or what is that vikalpa, subject of that Savikalpa Samadhi? Why are we calling it Savikalpa Samadhi? Because the subject are subtle. sukshma in nature. And what is that subtlety about? It's about the creation, entire creation. That's the reason who have those who have attained samadhi understands this creation to the core, and understands the creation of each being. Because they cross that state, they themselves become linga. They reach mahat cosmic intelligence. They become linga themselves, that's when Linga finally is diffused and it becomes Prakriti, unmanifest from the creationist standpoint. So the entire creation just collapses in you, dissolution happens. So, Savikalpa Samadhis are the Sakshatkar of this Linga, becoming a Linga first and having a direct experience, Pratyaksha Darshan, direct perception of this Linga and then direct perception of this Prakriti, unmanifested state of creation and finally you become, you have direct perception of you as you, Atma, just that much is remaining. So, you see... It's removal, removal, removal process. You removed five senses, then you removed the body, then you removed identities, then you removed ego, then you removed your buddhi pollution, then you removed your ahankara, then you removed your viveka's pollution and finally, finally you reached five elements, then you reached five tanmatras and then finally you reached uh, mahat. So we are removing... So I know it's called as yog darshan. yoga Darshan. Yog means union. But the process in itself is of subtraction, removal. You are not good doing union as in addition. Yog does not mean union as in addition. It's a process of subtracting, dividing, removing things from your misunderstanding from your understanding removing things from it making one coming going from one many to one whether it is prakriti or whether then it is atma or then it is paramatma you are making creating understanding many from one go back keep on going back from many to one Now the causal factor for entire existence of our own existence is Prakriti. And that's where the story ends. Prakriti is a Nitya. Nitya means there is no causal factor of Prakriti. We cannot say that Prakriti exists because of of Atma. No. Atma is not a causal factor for Prakriti. Atma definitely Prakriti is for Atma. So that Atma someday, Atma can become Atma and Atma can meet Paramatma. So for the purpose, for the facilitation of Atma, Prakriti exists. But Atma is not the cause of Prakriti. It's not a causal factor for Prakriti to exist. That is why And same thing is for Paramatma. Paramatma is not the causal factor for Atma to exist in the first place. Atma in itself is a cause of itself. Paramatma in itself is a cause of itself. So there are three Sat, three things that are truth and three things that are eternal. Prakriti, Atma and Paramatma. There are two things in which Chaitna exists, that which are Chetan, only Atma and Paramatma. Prakriti does, is jar. Prakriti is, does not have Chetna, does not have consciousness. Right? Have no awareness of itself. It's the Atma's Shakti because of which Prakriti is perceived. Prakriti is or the creation is experienced. It's the Shakti of Atma. Right? So, in other words, there are three truths, Sat, or three things that are eternal, Paramatma, Atma, Prakriti. There are two things that that have Chetna, that are Chit. And they are parmatma and atma. And there there is only one thing that has ananda. That is ananda. And that is parmatma. Realization of sat-chit-ananda. Becoming sat-chit-ananda is the final state. Is the final realization. But it happens gradually. Step by step. Through Dhyana, then Dhyana becomes deeper. And then Samadhi, then Samadhis go on very, so many stages and those become deeper and deeper and deeper. And finally, Nirvikalpa Samadhi, where wherever, whatever was existing, you just burn the house down. <laughs> no more manifestation and drama and life and birth cycle, just burn the damn house down. <laughs> So that's when you realize the Satshita Ananda state. So these are the subjects of what subjects of Samadhi and Dhyana. Different states of Samadhi, different states of Dhyana. These are the subjects. So you need to understand the Sukshanta from a very, very spiritual standpoint. Not just the English definition of subtlety. So I hope you understand that. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Namaste. Jai Shivai.